0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is, uh, what is it, Thursday, June 13th, 2019. You guys are listening to episode 405, Uh, and I hope everybody's good. I hope everybody had a good time in between shows. I got a good show for you guys today, and as I said, I am Paul T. By the way, I don't know, little inside thing. My middle name is Thomas. I don't know if I ever told you guys that. Uh, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. But you know what? It's 405 episodes. So I might as well give you guys, you know, <laughs> some, some more personal information. But yes, my middle name is Thomas. My name is Paul Thomas Verzi. So God willing, one day uh, there's a Trivial Pursuit question about me. And it would only be on episode 405. (laughs) Uh, I'm totally kidding. Uh, How the hell is everybody doing, guys? We want to talk about some things today. What do we want to talk about? We want to talk about Jon Stewart addressing Congress, about the 9-11 first responders. We want to talk about Kevin Durant. I want to talk about uh, my animals and more drama with the vet. I want to talk about... um, uh, dieting. I'm going to talk about, uh, all kinds of shit. We're going to talk about being in Rhode Island. Uh, my unacceptable, uh, read the unacceptables that you guys sent in. So, uh, sit back, relax and enjoy the show wherever you may be in your car, at your cubicle, um, running on the treadmill, trying to get your ass in shape. Uh, speaking of which I am doing good. I'm doing good. I lost some weight. It's gonna be, uh, you know, really? no booze, no brown booze, Guys, you know me. I am a sugar addict. I love candy, okay? I love gummy bears. I love starbursts. I love taffy. I love jelly beans. I don't give a shit how old I get. I am that is my that's my shit, man. You give me five pounds of gummy bears, dude. it's gonna be a it's gonna be a bloodbath, literally. Um, I love eating that stuff and you know the older I get the more I crave dessert after a meal and I cut all that stuff out. So now I'm on a couple of weeks without desserts, no ice cream, no cakes. You know I'll sneak in like a graham cracker when I just can't handle it. I feel like a crackhead The other night I woke up in the middle of the night, it was like 2: 30 in the morning and I snuck into I don't know why I was I'm saying I snuck in. it's my house but i open this thing and i'm biting a graham cracker just to get a taste it was such like a fat guy wouldn't it be amazing if like women and the world and society was attracted to just the fatter you were the more they wanted the more they wanted you you know you just could you imagine if it was like if like being skinny and ripped and in shape was like gross it's like oh my god and you could see his six pack abs. It was disgusting. He was, his chest was like chiseled and you could see the muscles in his arms and he was, ugh. he just, you know, you couldn't even, you know, see any fat under his shirt. It was like, imagine if that was the case. Oh my God. I would be an, I would be a fucking 18 wheeler. I would be, <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. I think, I think that it's just the it's the balance of life, but Uh, yeah, losing some weight, not drinking when I do drink, it's just kind of like red wine a little bit. Well, not a little bit like a bottle, but over the course of four or five hours. So don't judge me there. Speaking of that, I was at, uh, the comedy connection in Rhode Island. I want to thank everybody guys. I want to thank all of you who, um, came out to the shows at the comedy connection in, uh, Rhode Island, um, It was amazing, great crowds. Well, the last crowd on Saturday was kind of light. I didn't understand what was going on because the last time I was in Providence, I almost sold the place out on all the shows. We did amazing numbers, and um, the first show Saturday was almost sold out, so that was good. Friday show was definitely like a decent, really good crowd, but um, second show Saturday was light, and I found out that there was something called the PVE Festival, And it was like the streets were locked down. By my hotel, they had all kinds of food trucks and festivals and people running around and drinking and stuff for the kids and stuff like that. So it definitely affected the weekend a little bit. But still a lot of people came out and a lot of people did come out to see me. So I appreciate that. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. The uh, owners were like, man, I'm so... By the way, shout out to Dave and uh, Corey. So great. Uh, Check out that club. It's one of my favorites. I'll tell you something. When the Comedy Connection in Providence is packed out and raring to go. It's as good a club as any in the country. And I really, really mean that. Uh, just the dimensions of it, the way the room is, the sound, it's an old bank. So it's just, you could hear all the walls are like solid cement. The green room is actually the vault, the old vault of the bank. Super cool room. It's it's 30 years old uh, and it's it's just great. So I had such a good time there. Thanks again, everybody that came out, but, um, they were like, Oh yeah, we, you know, we're going to get you here next time when there's not a festival. So my goal next time there is to sell out all three shows Friday and Saturday. And, uh, and we're going to do that next time. But thank you guys so much in Providence who, um, who came out. I did do a unacceptable rant on the Patreon. Uh, I had to do it. It took place in the hotel that I was staying at um, in Rhode Island, something gross. I had no choice, but to talk about it. So that is up on the Patreon and, uh, yeah, and there's going to be another Patreon this week. As a matter of fact, I'm going down to the city tonight. I got three shows, so I'm going to try to get another Patreon up there and Jerry Ferrara and I are a week and a half away from launching our Patreon podcast. Big announcement might be on another comedy network and, um, or another uh, podcast network And, um, you know, so we're we're trying just trying to put together the name and all that stuff now. So before we get the name and the logo, uh, which is super close, we're kind of just finalizing and making sure because there's two of us. We want to both agree on everything, get it all ready to go. And then we want to do the first one uh, before the NBA draft, which is June 20th, which is actually a week away. So I will let you guys know about that. But thank you for the Patreon subscription. And there is an unacceptable gross rant on there that I had to get, you know, upset about and talk about. It was a gross thing that happened. So if you're a Patreon fan um, you uh, or a listener subscriber, $3 a month, you can um, hear that extra, extra stuff. Uh, I just got back, guys, from the vet, okay? You guys know all the shit about my, I have two animals here that need medicine. Okay. Our cat, Stanley, we have had him for 14 and a half years. He and his real brother, Thomas are in our house. We've had them since they're seven weeks old. Um, Stanley had diabetes. It went into remission after I gave him injections, injections of insulin. I started to notice that something was happening with him again. Uh, he was losing weight. I could tell he was being really needy. He was running to water like crazy. Sure enough, I take him back and his levels are through the roof and now he's back on insulin, uh, shout out to, uh, the listener, who, who the hell told me about that, but the wet food, Fancy Feast wet food, he's actually using it, and, um, he seems to be gaining weight back, litter box is better, and he's not going nuts for water, so the insulin, everything is working with Stanley, all right, now, Lloyd who you guys know, he was limping, we had the whole thing, find out he's got all three strands of Lyme disease and all that stuff, he goes on this 30 day medicine, he's running around like a puppy again, he's great, sure enough we see him limping around again, this time it's not his front uh, paw, it's his back leg, he's like skipping, he's laying down, he's not rushing to eat or go outside like he always is, I'm like, oh shit, I gotta take him back, and by the way, can we just acknowledge the fact that if it was my wife, these animals would be dead, I mean, I'm like sitting here looking at them. Did you see my, my wife is just like, yeah, well, that's the lifespan of an animal. And I'm like, no, this is are fucking animal. I'm not trying to make my, <laughs> I'm not trying to paint my wife to be cruel, but my wife is like, I think she actually did say something to me. Like, did you notice Lloyd was, you know, maybe since the cats are like 14, 15, she just figured they were getting old. So I don't want to paint my, uh, paint a picture that my wife is cruel with animals, but I'm like, you know, I'm one of these, like, I can't have my, fuck, I can't have my animals looking like that. You know, I never, you never know how much you love your, I didn't realize how much I loved my, my pets until I seen them like hurting or need something, you know, cause if it's your kids, like I'll fuck, I'll shoot up a hospital to get medicine for my kids. If I couldn't afford it, I would do some John Q shit. I'm not even kidding. I'll go in there. I'll, you know, I'll, 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 I'll bomb threat. I'll go to jail for my kids. You know, I'll, I'll fuck, I'll steal. I'll go into a pharmacy with a mask on and take the shit in the back for my kids. I don't give a shit, but your animals, you don't think you're going to be like that. Dude, I'm watching my dog, like, not want to eat his food, laying there again. It wasn't as bad this time. Like, last time I had to literally carry him. And he's kind of big. He's like 60 pounds and, you know, no, more than that. He's more than 60 pounds. He, and I had to, like, carry him outside just so he would pee, you know. So it wasn't that bad. He was still jogging around, but I, we could tell something was wrong. So I take him to the vet. You know, I I got these fucking patients in the house. It's not even my kids. And I'm dealing with this shit. I'm injecting my cat with needles in his back with insulin. You know, so I got to give him wet food to distract him from that. I got a fucking needle in the house for a cat. I got the dog. So I go to the vet today. And, uh, you know, the vet comes in. And, um, I say to her, you know, this is what's happening this time. It's his, his back leg on the right. He kind of seems like he's favoring it, this and that. And they're like, Oh, and I'm like, yeah, he was good on the medicine. He was running around fine. The medicine ran out, this and that. It's like, Oh, well, you know, maybe, and here's how, you know, they're full of shit. And listen, they have been good and they have helped us, but here's how, you know, that like They're accustomed to doing unnecessary tests. Here's how you know they give you the worst case scenario. Hey, you might as well uh, check him for this really rare blood disease that uh, on the third piss of the next day, if he has it, his fucking head blows up. Chances are it's not going to happen, but you never know. That's 500 bucks. That's what they do. They give you this unbelievable worst case scenario that's going to happen to your dog or your cat And then they make you feel like a piece of shit if you don't test for it, you know. So I go in there today and I said to my wife, well, this is going to be another thousand. Because every time I end up going to this place, I end up, Lord knows how much fucking money I spent on the animals. If you put, uh, if there was one number on it, forget about it. I could, you know, get another mortgage, get another house with with this shit. So... I go there and I'm like, yeah, it's not as bad. I don't have to carry him this time, but he's acting like this. I'm like, okay, well, listen, you know, I know he's only three, but that's like 20 something and maybe arthritis. So we could do this test. Here's the thing. Then we could do this other test. And then, you know, but, you know, then people get a little upset because then he's getting up to like $500 in testing, blah, 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 this and that. But, you know, we want to check. It could be arthritis or maybe the Lyme disease. And I just go, he was fine on the medicine. Like, you know, and after all that, she just goes, Okay, so let's just give him some more medicine, give another dose. Like, if it was my dog, I would do that. And I go, what, another 30 days? She goes, maybe 14. No, if it was my dog, I would do 30. And I'm like, okay. So basically, all of the testing that I could have done, and then I just go, yeah, well, he was fine, running around great with the thing. Okay, we'll just give him this. It was almost like she had to go through the list of bullshit I might have to do. And then when I logically said, oh, well, this and that, they were like, okay, that's my unacceptable. Because did you see what happened there? It was like they're so used to telling you that shit and extra stuff, and it's like, no, my dog doesn't have arthritis, okay? My dog was basically doing gymnastics and, and running around like a fuck, like an athlete when he was on the medicine, okay? My dog is is barely three. My dog's three years old, okay? My dog is three years old. He's super fast. He runs around. He's fine. When he's on the medicine, he's, you know, he looks like he could compete in a, in a you know, in a competition with athletic dogs, and then all of a sudden, the Lyme disease medicine runs out, and now he's limping again. Let's do the math here. Let's, let's, you know, so, uh, if he, I would imagine that if he had arthritis, we would have known. So, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm acting like I'm a vet. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing either, to be honest with you. But anyway... So I saved probably hundreds and hundreds of dollars. They gave me for like 130 bucks, whatever. They gave us more medicine for another 30 days. So now we're going to do that. And uh, hopefully this time it knocks it all out. And we don't have to deal with it. Or in 30 days, we're going to have to give another fucking $500 to the animal. And that's not mentioning Thomas, our big cat, who's healthy. He's not able to jump as high anymore. He can't really jump up on the counter because he's fat and he's about 15 years old. So... You know, I don't know what to do. I feel like they need old age homes for cats and dogs. Just, yeah, we'll go visit them every once in a while. We'll give you $100 a month. You take care of the problem, you know. But, you know, because I don't want to, this is the thing about animals, man. You don't want to see them deteriorate. I don't want to, you know, I, I saw that with my grandparents, rest their souls. Like, you see them get older. You see people, like, I don't want to do that with like something that I, you know, retrieved a ball for me and then now all of a sudden it's like looking at me, like put me out of my misery. And thank God we're not there yet, but I don't want to see it. And I hope I'm not bringing any bad memories back to people who loved their animals. And now I'm bringing that back. But it's just, it's incredible because it just never ends. It never ends. And the vet, you know, I feel like I get it that they got to make money. And then it's funny. You find out the vet lives on a farm and he's got horses. And meanwhile, he's getting a tax break from the animals that they have on the on the property. So that's a tax break. And oh yeah, he owns a farm because it costs fucking $100 to brush a dog's teeth. Moving on, everybody. Let's go to your guys' unacceptables. We'll go to your unacceptables first. See what you guys have to say. Here we go. This is from um, Bob. And this is called Super Bitch Unacceptable from Bob. Here we go. Paul, two things. I was backed up on podcasts and listened to the Patreon about the nightmare at the airport before I listened to 403, which was recorded the day you left to Florida. Uh, the shit-eating grin I had on my face knowing what was about to happen to you as you casually <laughs> talk about uh, catching a flight to Florida was priceless. Uh, oh, uh, oh, shit, was that great. Thank you. Uh, see, guys, $3. Throw the extra shit on there. Uh, I've had a very similar thing happen and have done the mental math to calculate if you can fix it. Uh, What a bitch that sounded like. Here is my unacceptable. Uh, There is a pizza place in town that we love. Uh, Service is hit or miss, but the pizza is worth it. Uh, Plus on Saturdays, they have a two-for-one pizza deal and happy hour drink prices. My son and I met my wife and daughter there for dinner as we were both uh, out doing different things. My wife got seated before I got there and she told me, They were trying to seat her next to the table with a baby, but she asked for a table opposite the room. I noticed the entire middle section of the room was reserved. While waiting to place an order, I noticed a lady who I thought was a manager, talking to a waitress about a group of 60 coming in and that we weren't supposed to uh, have been seated where we were. Oh, boy. I felt bad, so when the waitress came uh, with our drinks, I offered to move to a table away from the group. Oh, that was nice of you. The big group starts to filter in, and now it occurs to me that the lady was not the manager, but the person organizing the group event. Now keep in mind here, they didn't reserve the room, they just called ahead and asked to be accommodated. This lady has the annoyed look on her face, and I can feel some negative energy coming from her as she paced from table to table. At one point, she is at the table next to us, uncomfortably close to my daughter, talking to her kids who are apparently next to us. We are done eating, but just got a second round of drinks, so not ready to leave yet when the woman approaches our table. Now imagine this in a cunty voice. She had uh, (laughs) the voice of somebody uh, who, let me just make this a little bigger. Okay, the voice of somebody who does not know uh, they are an asshole. Here we go. Hi, sorry. The manager uh, wouldn't do it and said I had to ask you guys if you would move tables so I can sit next to my group. Uh, So this bitch has already been fighting with the manager about moving us after I already, out of goodwill, uh, got as far away from their group as I could. The waitress tells me uh, over the other shoulder that I don't have to move and this lady is out of line. Okay. I politely tell her... We will be done in 10 minutes and the table is hers. Uh, She's not happy with that and just hovers around for the remainder of the time we are there. The waitress comped around, good. The waitress comped around our drinks, comped around of our drinks uh, for us, which was not necessary, but very good. Uh, Now get this, I go back the following Saturday and recognize the waitress and reminded her who I was and what happened last week. She remembered me and the group uh, and get this, the lady tipped zero. Lock that bitch up <laughs> in a, <laughs> a cunty ass cage. Uh, you could, in the cuntiest cage you could find. Um, yeah. You know what, Bob? There are just people like that that are, what are you going to do? what are you going to do? You know, you could lose it and say this and that. And, you know, and, and I'm doing a joke in my new hour about tones, just that little, like, and, and, and I do, I say this in the, I say this in my new hour. You ever notice that like people who complain or get upset, their tone is always that same little, like, it's just, it's never a normal voice. You ever notice that when somebody complains, it's never really normal. It really isn't. It's never like, hey, you know, I really don't appreciate that. Or do you think you might be able... It's always like, first of things are bad, okay? Fuck you, okay? It's always that, right? It's always like, who do you... Th- you're disgusting, okay? Fuck you, okay? It, who do you think you are? It's always that shit. It's never just a normal... It always has that thing. And I just don't think that those people will change. Unfortunately, it's either... They're unhappy with their own situation, or they're just—they grew up that way, and they're—they're—they're, they're, they're, you know, they're just—they're entitled and they're self-important assholes, and th- that's just kind of the way that'll always be. It's an unfortunate thing, but what are you gonna do? So, all right, and let's let's go on to the next here. This one is drive-through shit show from Ryan. Ryan says, I stopped at a drive through at around 11 tonight and this shit-witted, freckled, fat mess, <laughs> <laughs> just reading it like that, this shit-witted, freckled, fat mess who looked to be early 20s was fucking around like a child while I was ordering. It was late and I just wanted the food because it was for uh, a DoorDash and I like to deliver as quick as possible so I wasn't really in the mood for her shit. Her first words were in a terrible fake Australian accent in which she said, Hello mate, what do you think of my accent? Oh my god, I already hate her. This is the funniest thing about this, Ryan. I already hate her because I know she's joking around and in a good mood, but she's completely immature and like you just want to get the food and you just don't want to deal with it and she thinks she's funny. Um, I wasn't amused at all, so I replied bluntly, it needs a lot of work. It's pretty terrible. She laughed it off and then when I pulled up to the window, she continued with her awful shtick and even tried getting me... To do the accent to. Ugh. Oh my God. This bitch looked like Chris Farley. <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. This bitch looked like Chris Farley. Rest his soul. And I really wasn't in the mood. So I just said, uh, I'm from this continent, hoping she would get the hint and just complete this transaction. She finally hands me the order. Uh, and she overfilled my drinks, so it dripped all over me and my car. Then, (laughs) this bitch looked like Chris Farley, is the line, is the line. Uh, Then I see two bags of food on her side, and she hands me one and says, hopefully this one is yours. I couldn't tell if she was joking, so I said, everything's here, right? To which she replied, yeah, that's definitely yours. Uh, To sum it up, when I was close to the delivery to the delivery destination, I decided to check to make sure she didn't forget the Happy Meal toy. And I realized she gave me the complete wrong order. All because she was fucking around doing an Australian accent and not paying attention. I drove back and told her she fucked me on my delivery, which was now late as fuck. It was some of the worst customer service you could imagine. If somebody makes a mistake, but they're genuinely trying to do right, then I have no problem. But don't fuck around at your job. Cage this bitch up at the zoo and have people throw hot dogs at her like they're feeding an obese seal. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> oh, my God. I Sometimes I actually forget and miss uh, some of these hilarious, uh, unacceptables. Thank you, Ryan. Um, what I love about this unacceptable, and by the way, thanks. I don't know what time I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm leaving it at that. Please send in your unacceptables to unacceptables for tve at gmail.com. That is unacceptables4tve at gmail.com. And I will definitely, uh, read them. But what I love about this unacceptable is you could tell in Ryan's writing, just the absolute, like the way he described it and wrote, like when he was just like, it was late, I just wanted my food. And then when he said in a terribly fake Australian accent, she said, hello, mate. Uh, What do you think of my accent? Like that right there is so annoying and lets the reader know. (laughs) We all listen to that and just like, oh my God. Like you could see her doing it. What do you think of my accent? And it's like, I think it's horrible and you're horrible. Give me the food before I go in the kitchen and start murdering people. Like that's how you felt. And that's what I got from it. But um, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? At the end of the day though, Ryan, she's in her 20s and she's working there. What can you do? You know, it, it's, it would be a, listen, if she was in her like thirties or forties or especially fifties, then you'd be like, she's just a kid, but I get what you're saying. She's at the job and that's kind of the responsibility. Like that's almost something where, and, and you know, it's funny. I never used to complain to people. I never want to get people in trouble at their job, but now I'm at the point where it's just like, I kind of, I kind of realize how shitty I was back then when I wouldn't take things that seriously at work. Um, but I didn't do it like, I was, I'll be honest, you know, truth be told, I was like a bad kid, like, I was like the nicest, most respected bad, like, respectful bad kid, you know, I don't know, like, all my teachers, even when I was bad or act up, they would always be like, he's so nice and respectful and we all like him, he's just acting up, and that's probably because of shit that I went through when I was young, and and I'm not making excuses, but you know, I didn't have the perfect, uh, family life you know, um, growing up and stuff. So I would act out and do things or, you know, just do things like dumb things. though. like try to steal from it, like steal a pack of cigarettes from a supermarket when I was like 16 and things like that, just doing like, like stupid shit like that. Um, but you don't realize, like, I remember one time I was sitting in a restaurant and this still bothers me. You know, what's funny about this? Like all the bad shit that I did young bothers me now. And I look at it. And I'm like, if my kids ever acted like the the way that I acted or did the things that I did. And I realize now, growing up, I was just trying to get a reaction from people, and I was actually just trying to please people. Um, and I would always make people laugh and tell stories. It's probably why I do what I do for a living. Um, but but before I was before I knew that there was like talent there or a gift. Let's be honest. That's what I have. I'm kidding. But no, before I knew that, it was just like to please people, and and it was just. But I remember one time. We were also, we were sitting in this uh, Italian restaurant in West Harrison called Viapia. And uh, we would go and like, we'd go get lunch and we would get pizza or chicken parm, me and my friends. And, you know, you could get a burger there and fries. And I remember, like all kids, but like, I remember one time I, you know, I took a fry and I dipped it in a lot of ketchup, and then I threw it against the window, and my friends would just start hysterical laughing, because it was like a decent restaurant, I mean, it was in the afternoon, but you don't do shit like that, my friends would be crying laughing, so then they would dare me to do shit, and think I wouldn't do it, they'd be like, I I dare you to just stand up in the middle of the restaurant right now, and do a cartwheel, and then go back to the table, and um, I did it, and they're crying laughing, and I remember one older man at another table, was like, you know, young man, have a little respect. You're in a restaurant, and like looking back at that, he's right. He's absolutely right. And and granted, like I mean, it was worth the laugh. I remember <laughs> the kids were dying laughing and stuff. But you think about the shit you did when you were younger. I remember I shot a bottle rocket. My mother moved me. Let me let me preface it by this, okay. Uh, Boy, we're going back on this podcast. This podcast is either going to be therapeutic or make me need to go to therapy. Um, <laughs> I remember my mother moved me upstate. It really hurt me. It really bothered me a lot. And um, you know, I had a lot of friends where I was at, and I was at the, I was like junior high, and um, and moved me upstate and stuff because they wanted to get a house. And I, I get that, but um, I just hated it. So I remember somebody had like fireworks on the, on the bus. And I remember was like looking back at this, how unbelievably dangerous and stupid this was, but I would actually take a bottle rocket, you know, just like the skinny ones. And I would and I lit it and it was just flying out of the back of the, out of the back of the bus, like, (laughs) like cars. So, um, you just look back, I guess, when you get older and granted, you can't beat yourself up for, for doing, you know, and I've done a lot of, great things when I was younger and a ton of stupid things and stuff that you regret and I guess that's part of growing up but when you know you know especially I mean I do an unacceptable segment on my podcast which is like the most popular you know part of my podcast and I'm looking back at the things I did when I was young and I'm going oh my god that's unacceptable that's unacceptable so um you know but I will say this in my 20s I kind of have my shit together I would say, like, my mother said that I was a different person from 22 to 24. You know, up until, like, 22, I would probably... I mean, I started drinking and partying and being wild and reckless from, like, 16, 17. So, like, by the time I was 22, I was, like, a vet of, like, dumb shit. And then by, like, 24, you know, I started doing stand-up, like, at 21, open mic. But by the time I was 22, 23, I really knew stand-up was probably going to be it. And then... By 24 is when I, like, really got my shit together. But I will say this. I was always respectful to my elders. I was always respectful to adults. I always treated people the way that I treat them now. I would just do dumb shit for acceptance. Um, that being said, this lady at the drive-thru with the Australian accent sucks, and it's annoying, and I totally understand. So thank you guys for the, uh, sorry for the, you know, trip down memory lane for my own therapy. (laughs) All right, um... Let's go. What else? What else do we have? Guys, I want to recognize what John Stewart. I don't know if you guys saw what John Stewart did. Uh, I normally play clips on the podcast, but this is like five minutes and it's long and there's pauses and I don't want to, you know, do that. So let me just tell you guys, you could find it all over the internet. You could probably find it on every major news channel. You could just literally Google John Stewart addresses Congress and, um, Jimmy Kimmel posted something on Twitter and was like, this is amazing. So I just clicked on it and I like thought I was going to watch it for a minute. And then it got so heartfelt and amazing. And uh, it's about five minutes and I think it's something that everybody should see. The gist of it is basically that Jon Stewart has been fighting Very, very hard for a bill to pass that funds and helps people who were the first responders of 9-11, who are sick and can't breathe, and the shit got in their lungs, and all this stuff, and he just goes through everything, and he's like, and we're sitting here 18 years later, and blah, 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 and he cries during it, and he's talking to them, and then he finishes, and it was like a movie, man. Like, if a director said action, and he needed to just give a speech to Congress and do that, like... He that like that's a one take like he nailed it. It was amazingly heartfelt and like I said he's crying. I know a ton of other people cried. I was watching this thing going. That was just amazing and I heard that uh, it really helped and all the firemen were there. And then when he was done, everybody went crazy and cheered. But this is not a political thing. This is not a democratic or a, a Republican thing. This is about how people around 9/11 were saying never forget. And basically, months after, you know, they forgot, and Congress forgot, and these people that were first responders are dying, they, they have shit in their lungs, they can't breathe, there's a lot of health issues, and it was ignored, and John Stewart has just been fighting and fighting and fighting for so long. And I also want to say some inside stuff that I know, just so you guys can know about this. And like I said, I have no, this is zero political. You guys listen to the show, you know that I'm not a, a Democrat, Republican. I'm independent. I think I think the far left is out of their minds. I think the far right's out of their minds, you know, and I think people in the middle that can talk, you know, make shit work and, and or, you know, logical, but this has nothing to do with that. But I know a buddy of mine, funny comedian, uh, Robbie Slowick, he, uh, he's he been on the podcast or the Patreon for sure, but I think he's been on this one as well. And um, he was writing, they ended up scratching the whole show because of animation issues, but John Stewart was going to do an animated show when he left The Daily Show for HBO. And Robbie was hired by John to be a writer. And we would talk, me and Robbie would go out and talk and we'd smoke cigars and stuff and he would just say like, John would literally leave their meeting and leave for a week to go to Washington and fight for these guys. And his like it was such a big deal for him to do that. And that's a really remarkable thing for somebody that like really kind of put their money where their mouth is. You know, it's one thing to talk about it. I'm sure it's one thing to joke about it on The Daily Show. It's one thing to like... And then you think it's going to... But I have no problem with people that actually talk shit and do something about it. Do you know what I mean? It's like... If you're a feminist and you're fighting for women's rights and you want women to be treated equally and equal pay and do that, I just think you should be out there in the workforce doing something, not not having a job and putting a vagina hat on and marching just because it's a cool thing to do you know, and, and, and vice versa, like, you know, somebody who's going to talk shit about, oh, 9 and they need this, and they need that, and then just don't do anything to raise money, or don't do anything to, you know, put on a benefit, or, or help these people, and give them money. it's like, it's just, you know, basically what I'm saying is the people that just talk to talk, to just do it, and then there's people that actually, you know, really give a fuck and want something to do, so, um, my whole point in telling you guys this is, if you didn't see it, um, Because I know probably some people looked at it and was like, oh, this political shit, I don't need to, no, 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 it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with fighting for the people that got sick while they were helping and and the first responders on 9-11. That's all it's about. So put your political bias aside. Unfortunate we live in times where on the news you see something like, I don't even need to, I don't even want to get upset. I don't even need to what is it some protest? What is it some pro Trump thing or some anti Trump thing or and I, and then you just like flip through it. No, this is not that. When you see the John Stewart thing, definitely definitely watch it because it was worth it and it's it's actually fucking awesome. That's what I would say about that. So, uh look, I know it took a turn for the serious. It took it for we were talking about, you know, fat girls doing Australian accents. All right? We were talking about um we're talking about, uh, dogs. Oh my God. I forgot to tell you guys this about the dog. I'm glad I just remembered this. Oh my God. Nothing like a shit, nothing like a shit story to, uh, to get back to the funny while my dog is there and I'm going, yeah, he doesn't, uh, you know he doesn't have arthritis i don't think i mean because the medicine was helping and after she does the lists of the testing we could do she goes all right then i'll just give you the medicine again and we'll just go from there and i wanted to be like all right that's a little weird but yeah that makes sense and then she just looked while i'm talking to her my back is to the dog and she goes oh yeah he's doing a stress poop right now and i look over and lloyd is shitting in the office and i'm going oh my god i'm so sorry and she goes no it's stress i could tell and then he's just shitting and he's, and it's like, it's like a soft serve swirl. It's just like swirling or it's like a perfect, looked like a shit emoji, but it just kept coming and coming. And I almost lost it. Like I'm just looking at him and you know, the way there is something hilarious about a dog being so submissive in that position. Cause it's like their version of sitting on the toilet bowl. It's like, it's like their version of sitting on a toilet bowl. And I'm just looking, and I'm just going, all right, Lloyd, stop, please, just let her like stop and let somebody come and clean this up. And he's just still shitting, and she's looking, <laughs> and she's looking at it with like it went from like a smile to like yeah, no, that's that's fine. He's just stressed out, and then he just kept shitting, and then she just like kind of, <laughs> <slowly> <laughs> then, she <laughs> then she kind of just like slowly nodded her head. Like, wow, that is a lot, and I'm doing everything I can to just not, and like, Lloyd looked at me like, hey, man, I don't know what you want from me. Every time I come here, they either take blood, I either sleep in a cage when they're boarding me here, and now you got me in this office again. They tried to put a muzzle on me once, and he's known as the dog that is the sweetest boy. This is how they know him. He's the sweetest boy. Just don't fucking try to put a muzzle on him or don't hold his legs. I got a voicemail that I, I I would. I almost want to play for you guys. Where the doctor goes, "Hey, Paul, this is Doctor So and So. This is when we're in West Palm Beach." He goes, "We have Lloyd. Things are good. Here's the deal: to clip his nails, um, the the medicine uh, that puts him like tired and, and groggy uh, doesn't work on him. So in order to do this with Lloyd, he's probably going to be have to be put completely out. Like my dog is so he. My dog is the sweetest dog." Okay, especially with people he knows and stuff, and he's and even people he doesn't, he'll wag his tail, he'll sniff you, and all that stuff, but if you try holding my dog's snout, or like, just restraining him in any way, it's a problem, like, don't grab his legs, and hold, like, I can, I can grab, like, we can grab his legs, like, if I grab his leg, he'll kind of look at me for a second and be like, are you serious, dude? But, like, you know, if a stranger, if I leave him somewhere, and they try to, like, hold him down, it's, it's a no-go, but... Just watching him's like stress poop is what they called it. And I wanted to be like, lady, that's not a stress poop. That is a continuous shit on this floor. And then she goes, it's okay. She goes, you know what? You could just go out. I'll have the medicine and uh, we'll clean it up. And I wanted to be like, yeah, you'll clean it up. I'm giving you $130 for this medicine. What do you think? I'm going to come here and be like, all right, somebody hold Lloyd while I clean the shit that's in the vet. I was almost for the price that they cause. I was almost glad he shit for the price that, that it costs. There we go. see, we got the funny right back right after that John Stewart thing, we got the funny right back, but that's a true story and it was it was um truly hilarious. Moving on, everybody. Uh, I have to talk about this Kevin Durant thing, okay um and and this actually so if you're a, if you don't love sports and you're like, oh, here he goes, here he goes. I hate this part of the podcast when he's gonna talk about this and that, first of all. It's this is more like of a medical thing. So you'll be interested. I'll make it interesting for you, okay? Don't judge me. All right. You guys listening to T V E four oh five. I said the other day I was out with my I was out with my manager and um and and I just said, I go, I go, um the New York Knicks are the only team that can lose while watching two other teams play. I'm watching the Golden State Warriors playing the Toronto Raptors in the NBA Finals. And an injury happens that ultimately hurts the Knicks. That's what I'm dealing with here. Okay? I just can't win. I even put something out on Instagram saying I'm excited to watch future Nick Kevin Durant tonight. And this this happens. Now, for you people that don't know, I will give you the breakdown. Kevin Durant, almost 30-something days ago, was playing in the playoffs and he felt something in his calf and he looked back as if something hit him and nothing was there. I mean, something kind of popped in his calf. Now, here's my problem with what happened with him returning. So, he returned in Game 5 and he was playing great. His first three shots were three-pointers. He made them all. The guy had 11 points in 12 minutes of the game, and it looked like, okay, they're going to coast and win. They did win. They barely won without him, but he ruptured his Achilles tendon on one of the plays in the second quarter, and he went down. Same leg as the injury that put him out for for a month. Now, here's my problem. Granted, the medical staff, his medical staff, and the the Golden State Warriors said, you can't re-hurt yourself. It won't do any more damage. The only thing is... Um, what will happen is you may feel like a tweak or something, but you're not going to do any really bad damage. And of course they were wrong. Uh, as a matter of fact, Reports before the game were Kevin Durant is under no-minute restrictions. He can play the whole game. Doctors say, you know, you might tweak it and make it uncomfortable, but you're not going to do any more damage. And then all of a sudden, not only did he do damage, he got an injury that if it was the 80s or 90s, his career would be over. This was an injury that if you were in the 80s without the technology today, your career was done. Now it takes at least a year to get back. I think the quickest was they said seven and a half, eight months, somebody came back. That's the quickest ever in history. You're never the same player. You probably lose, they say, maybe 8% of what you once were. You could lose uh, if it's done right, which I'm sure in 2019, it will be done right. But he ruptured his Achilles. Now, here's the problem that I have. I do blame, and and I know everyone's, yo, you shouldn't say, I do blame the Golden State Warriors. And here's why I blame the Golden State Warriors. Okay. Because the day before, apparently he worked out and it did not go well. He did not look well. He did not look like somebody that could go into an NBA game and play. All right. But they're down in the series, three games to one. They're desperate. He's the best player on the planet right now, present time. He's the guy. Oh my God, he was going to be a Nick Anyway, all this shit and, and this happens. Now, here's why I blame the team also. Because during the broadcast of the first injury, the one that he was out a month, that was his calf, he looked back. He looked back as if something hit him in the leg. That is basically what they say is standard for, for an Achilles tendon. However, this was high on his calf, right? So So for you people that don't know, the, the Achilles, which is basically the tendon you know on your heel uh, that's lower than your calf, that, that, that big tendon there's obviously insanely important. Um, when it pops, apparently it feels like you got shot with something or hit with something. This hockey player called up the radio station and said when his popped, it felt like he got hit in the back with a puck really hard, but nothing was there. Now, everybody knows that if that you get that feeling and you look back, that's what the injury can be. Why didn't, and when you watch the first thing, Kevin looks, Kevin Durant looks back and there's nothing there. Why didn't somebody see that and go, oh, well, that's interesting, but... Doctors even say it is part of the calf too. It goes up. So that part could have been weakening. Now this idea, I disagree with it. Listen, I'm not a doctor. I tell dick jokes in New Jersey sometimes or or all over the country I'm telling jokes. So I can't sit here and act like I know what's going on. And any athlete would try to get back out there, especially if the doctors um, say, oh, you should be okay. But the problem I'm having with this is if, if if it's known that it could be connected that the achilles and the calf are connected and he looked back as if he got hit there why wasn't that brought up like i'm they're trying to say it's two freak things where it's like the calf you're gonna sit here and tell me that it's a coincidence that he looked back at his calf same leg and everything like that and then all of a sudden he he then he ruptures his achilles on the same leg and that's not connected that's what i have a problem with I honestly, I have a problem with that. Now he's insured, and it doesn't matter, so he doesn't need a lawsuit or anything like that because he's 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 fine. He's got all the money in the world, and he he's got insurance. The team's got insurance on it, but I don't know if you know. I just don't know. I know they want to win, and it sucks that if somebody's got to be blamed, but I, I the player's gonna want to go out there. You know, it's like, I, I you know, I, you want to go out there. I wouldn't, it's not even about the player. It should be about the organization. And hopefully this changes things for people in the future. But that's that's how I look at it. I, I, th- I, I think the, the, hearing people say that it's connected is one of the most ridiculous things that I've ever heard. It's one of the most, that it's not, that it's just a, a freak coincidence. Really? He looked back at the same thing and grabbed it. It was just a little higher. And it, doctors will tell you it's connected. So, and then at the end of the day, the Knicks lose. So the Knicks, this guy was had a chance, one of three teams is going to go to New York Knicks. And now if the Knicks do give him a max contract, we're going to miss all of next year. That's, that's what it's like to be a Knicks fan right now. I was all happy, optimistic, delusional Paul thinking, oh, the Cavalry's coming. Here we go. And look, this shit happens. I swear to God. What's I mean the Knicks will find a way to lose if you watch a tennis match. The ball will fly into the stands and end up hitting, you know, one of the, the, the key players in the eye. And he'll be sitting on a bench with a patch on his fucking eye because he went to the US Open in Queens. That that'll happen to the Knicks. I never seen anything like this. I never seen anything like this. Unbelievable. Fucking like watching a golden star, watching a team play in in Toronto, Canada or in another country. They're in another fucking country and the Knicks lose. It's, it's, I swear to God. And now you got to worry about if you do sign the guy, if the Knicks do sign him and give him a contract and say he comes back next April or May, you know, then you're always having that, oh, what if he's not the same? Oh, would he have normally done that move? Or would he have been able to do a better move? Or is he nursing it? Is it in? A, is, is it on his mind? And then, God forbid, he tears it again, you know, and it doesn't go well, and he tears it again, and then he loses his career, and you lost all that. It's like, is it worth the risk? I don't know. Everybody's saying he's that good that it is. I just don't know. He's 6'11 and a half with a ripped, torn, Achilles, and I want nothing more than this guy to be a Nick, but I just don't know if it's worth that risk. You know, it's it's a bad, it's just a bad, bad thing, and uh, it's and I'm trying to be this positive asshole. All my friends are going, you are the most positive Nick fan, you are the most optimistic Nick fan, and like it's almost like I'm so positive that God's going. All right, watch this one. Let's see how he reacts to this one. Like, I mean, I literally said that day, I'm so looking forward to watching this guy play, and he fucking ruptured his Achilles tendon. Uh, All right. Anyway. What else? Nothing else in sports. I played golf the other day, and I putted so bad that I went right to another course when I was done to figure it out out and get my shit together because I'm insanely competitive, and I can't be bad at something that I focus on. So, um, and then that one was a little better, but it's still... What are you going to do? I'm playing on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everybody coming up this Sunday. I hope you have a good Father's Day. And uh, I hope they actually give a shit as much as they do on Mother's Day. Because let's be honest. We're second. Okay, Mother's Day, forget about it. Mother's Day, forget it. You better have the restaurant, the flowers... You better remember everything. Every woman in your life needs a card or this and that. Father's Day, it's like, all right, asshole, go play golf. We'll eat later. It's just, it's not even close. And let's not act like it's close. It's just not. It, it's just not. You know, oh, Dad, yeah, here's the thing for you. Great. We get, You know, and then, all right. Let's, let's wrap this up before I get negative. <laughs> Yeah, nothing like closing out with uh, the future, the New York Knicks star, or hopefully was going to be the New York Knicks star, rupturing his Achilles, and then how Mother's Day is just so much better than Father's Day. Guys, this Saturday, oh, Friday I'm off, I am off, I am off, Uh, I've been running around everywhere, it's been amazing, the new hour is going so great, I'm really, really excited for you guys to see it. Um, Saturday, I am doing a small room, but a cool little room in, um, Yonkers called Yonkers Comedy Club. And it is at the, it's at the mall and it was the Ridge, what is it called? Let me get this right. So you guys know, um, but it is Yonkers Comedy Club in Yonkers at that mall. But what is it? Ridge Hills or something like that? Um, I'm going to tell you guys right now. It's in one of those, like, outdoor nice malls. Yeah, Ridge Hill. It's at the Ridge Hill Mall. It's that big outdoor mall. They got, like, a Legoland, and they got all kinds of restaurants, and they got all kinds of shops and nice things. And then uh, up one of the levels, on the second level, there is the Yonkers Comedy Club. A small little room, but cool. I was born in Yonkers, so uh, not far from where I was born. So it's always cool to tell jokes there. Um, I will be there this weekend... And you can go, let me just make sure, let me get the the times. I believe it's 8 and 9.45, is it? Uh, Let's see here, so I'll tell you guys. So this Saturday, if you are in Westchester, you guys can check me out at the Yonkers Comedy Club at Ridge Hill Mall. I don't know why the website literally just came up as curtains. Um, But yes, I believe it is 8 and 9.45. So check me out there, guys. I hope uh yeah, I hope you guys are there. And then I will be, what's it called? Then I will be at the uh not the next weekend, but the 27th, uh 27, 28, 29, I will be at Boston, at Laugh Boston. All of those dates are on the website. Yonker's dates was uh will be will be uh, on the website for this Saturday, but that's where I'll be and then you could check me out at laugh boston and guys new york i'm coming back to new york i'm very happy about this i will be back at gotham comedy club in september um that is one of my favorite places to headline i headlined there uh last summer it was great um uh, coming back there and i believe let me just make sure you could get tickets now yes you can september 27th and 28th I will be at Gotham Comedy Club. You can get tickets right now. Okay? So do that. It's one of my favorites. It's already on the website. If you were at uh, Gotham last August... I had such a great time. I will be there late September, September 27th and 28th. You could go on paulverzi.com website or go to gothamcomedyclub.com to get those tickets. Thank you, guys. This has been episode 405. I hope you enjoyed it. I don't know what to name this one. What should we name this one? Um, shit on the floor? Nah. Um, I don't know. We gotta, we'll gotta. we figure out. We'll figure it out. Maybe. We'll figure it out. Anyway, this has been 405. Uh, I'm out of here. Check out the Patreon. There's a new one up right now. There's going to be another one up this week. And I will be making an announcement with Jerry uh, on the name and all that. But we're going to be doing one before the NBA draft if all goes well. Take care. I will talk to you guys soon.